Welcome to Successful Contractor, powered by CertainPath, a show for residential contractors about residential contractors. We chronicle business journeys, share insights, and celebrate successes in this wonderful industry. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. For more information on how CertainPath can put your contracting company on a certain path to success, visit our website, www.mycertainpath.com. I hope you enjoyed today's show and take away another or two. Jimmy, thank you so much for being here today. I greatly appreciate your time. Uh, hey, how's everything been? How's Expo been for you? I know we're here in Temecula. Been a, a good event for you? Yeah, it's been great. It was awesome. It's been really inspiring and, you know, a lot of a lot of good feedback. You know, a lot, a lot of guys rallying around, you know, kind of like the thing of like, hey, yeah, it's not, economy's not great, but you know what? We're doing, we're all doing pretty good. So yeah. that's, that's what's really cool is it's just, we're not growing as much as we want to, but it's funny, everybody has a really upbeat, you know, excited tempo that really is a is a cool, cool thing. Right, right. Yeah, a lot of the, the big themes of Expo have been marketing and then today's operations, you certainly help them with both of those. Uh, but you, you mentioned there's there's some headwinds, there's some challenges out there. Uh, what, what are some things that you've been dealing with at Baker Brothers that have been kind of unusual as per the last few years? Well, you know, um, the last few years, I mean, what was kind of crazy is we had this incredible growth, like, you know, last year. So last year we were really doing well. I mean, as good as anybody. And I think we grew like maybe 35% on the top line. And then the bottom line, we grew as much. I mean, we had our best EBITDA year. Uh, what was really kind of crazy was December was our best December yeah. in history. Like we normally, December, we kind of go, okay, that goes down because of the holidays or anything. Ours actually kicked up. We were way above budget. Wow. And then what was crazy was January just shut off like a light switch. Like people decided, hey, I need to save some money or, hey, I'm concerned. And so it, it was very interesting because it happened so fast. Yeah. It wasn't a gradual thing like, hey, we were, we were gradually doing bad coming into the year and then we got in the front of the year. But this year it's been a challenge. And, yeah. you know, we've just taken it on with stride and said, hey, we have to work harder for the same amount of money. And let's get after it. And I think back when there was a recession, you know, the Great Recession, we just kind of told all our people, like, "Hey, we're not going to participate. Yeah. You know, we're gonna we're gonna work hard. We're gonna be better. We're gonna figure out, you know, better ways, better method methodology. We're gonna sharpen sharpen the the axe, so to speak. Like, hey, let's let's really sharpen up everything. And so, what was kind of cool about the year, it was a, it was really challenging and really worked a lot more than normal. But what was really neat about the year was how much efficiency we've gained, how much we've taken things like, you know, email pieces. I mean, I would just barely look at it and make sure it's spelled right and like send it out. I don't care. Yeah. Now we're breaking down like, hey, who who are we sending it to? When are we sending it? What's it say? You know, hey, let's make sure that we do everything. So I think it kind of raised the bar on us to do everything excellent yeah. as opposed to just doing the things that we know move the needle the most excellent. I want to get on operations in a second, but let's talk about how to manage call volume. What did you have to do differently with your marketing? I know your your spend went up a little bit on on digital. Maybe kind of share what, you know, what did you immediately do? Like when stuff's like turns off like that, you know you're probably hyperventilating a we, bit. Yeah, we we spend more money on, you know, the the digital marketing like pay-per-click and LSA. Yeah. Um LSA was great because I mean it's a phone call. So if we spend more on it, as long as we optimize that on the other side, then we're doing good. Uh, you know, I think I talked to you guys about, um, yeah, we made sure that jobs that are really, that may cost more, 
but they're they're more valuable, right? Like in plumbing, a slab leak to us is a really valuable job versus like a drippy faucet. Yeah. So it's like, hey, let's drive more of those kind of jobs. Let's get kind of in the weeds with our pay-per-click and LSA and make sure that, hey, it is more expensive to get a water here. It is more expensive to do that, Yeah. but let's drive that. Then also price increases. I mean, we've all had cr- increases like, you know, the prior year, year before that, I mean, we just had materials going crazy, going up crazy. Like, well, even this year, as things have changed, I mean, there, there was definitely, you know, marketing's more expensive, you know, things are harder. And so, yeah, and it sounds crazy to move your price up, but I mean, not crazy, but like 3%, 5%, yeah. you know, and so we have had to have those price increases just to kind of get our margins in line. Yeah. Did your, uh, I know you're, you're big on the TV waves and then radio waves and DFW area. Did your offers change at all? Were you brought in more spots than you normally did to kind of offset that? Or are you pretty steady with that? Well, we we did change up because we were doing, we usually just did a Monday, Tuesday on TV. And then this year to try something new, we were going to, we came into the year doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then I was like, hey, let's cut Wednesday out and then let's reallocate. We didn't, we didn't cut the, the spend. Yeah. We just said, let's cut Wednesday out, reallocate that into the Monday, Tuesday rotation so that we were more on Monday, Tuesday. Um, we also had some branding campaigns on radio. Mm-hmm. And so to make room for the increase in the internet spend, you know, we actually took the radio and just canceled it Yeah, because they were mentions. They were like 10 second mentions, 15 second mentions. Like, Hey, weather brought to you by Baker brothers. So what we wanted to do, I mean, we just made it, we had to make adjustments. Yeah. And so I think the biggest mistake that we make sometimes is first, we don't plan. Yeah. Then we finally start budgeting and planning. And then we just go, Oh, we got to stick with the plan. Well, you know, at halftime, the coach goes in there and says, hey, they're they're doing this to us and doing that to us, and they change their game plan coming out the second half. And I said, I think that's a mistake a lot of people make is they don't go in and look and go, okay, what what's working? What do we need and what do we not need? Yeah. And so the message – now, we did not do this really that much this year. I mean, we did our offers like we kind of normally do. But coming in this next year, we're really going to start talking about the strategy of more need based than want based. Right. So like, you know, for the economy. Yeah. I may have a great water heater that works well, but I want a tankless water heater. Yeah. Well, we're like, hey, let's not go after people changing out their tankless water heater because they want one or, you know, it's it's more convenient. Right. Now we could sell a tankless water heater by saying, hey, it's gonna save you this much on your gas bill. And you know what? Long term it's gonna save you this much because it's gonna last longer. Right. So I remember a guy said one time he goes, Hey, uh, we were at a show and he was the tankless, you know, water your sales guy, you know, from the rep. And he basically goes, so he goes, I can't afford one of those tankless water heaters. And he goes, you can't afford not to have one. Right. So even that vernacular change, yeah. flipping around, you go, I can't afford that. To go, you can't afford not to have it. I think it's more of the co- the line of course of action we need to go to is like, hey, let's show, you know, runny toilets, drippy faucets, you know, uh, things that don't work in our commercials. And reminding people, hey, we need to fix these things. You you need to fix this. There's things that could happen. Yeah. And then kind of lighten the new product offerings and, hey, let's switch up because it's just nice to switch your faucet, that kind of thing. So I think that's kind of where we're going to like spend more of our creative focus this next year. So you're going to shoot for the first time in two and a half years, you're going to re- reshoot a bunch of di- different commercials then? Yeah, yeah. We, we you know, usually about every two years, like we'll, we'll do like 14 at a time, like right. in one day. So that usually puts and what what's funny is they kind of produce them as we go so they they usually take about a year to get all of them done so by the time we get through 2 years 
we've kind of ran through that creative and then we got to, we got to kind of freshen it up. So yeah, we'll probably be freshened up here pretty soon. Do you come, I mean, you do have a pretty clear idea of what you want to do. Do you go to your agency with that? And then they come to you with the, the, I want to say goofy, but the fun eye catching ideas. And then how much, how much back and forth is there when you develop your creative? Yeah. I think, I think it's one of the biggest mistakes that the, another big mistake guys make is they don't have a theme to their creative when they went in. And, and most guys do like maybe six commercials all at one time. And the biggest mistake they make is they just do these, they don't have a, an overall theme. Yeah. And it's almost like, you know, and I think Gus was saying it on stage and I thought it was a really great point. He goes, look, if Apple made a hotel, you can picture that in your head right now, can't you? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, because they have a look and a feel and a, and their store does and it, and it just resonates through the whole company, what you picture in your head. So I think the mistake we make is that we don't use a commonality theme of our business and go, here's what Baker Brothers looks like. Yeah. Here's what Baker Brothers should be about. Yeah. And so I think when they do their creative, we used to go, hey, you know what? We really want to exude timeliness. Mm -hmm. That's what we want to do. I really want to, I want it to be like timely. Hey, this next year, I want it to be about how great our technicians are. I want to, I want it to be about safety in your home, background check, drug tested technicians in their home. That's what I want everything to revolve around. So when we're getting stuck creatively or what should we do, you can still have, hey, fix your toilet, fix your faucet, but you can go now, right? you know, call bakernow.com. You know, you can put everything in there that's timely, everything in there, like the next time that's about your technicians, how great they are. We, we had a commercial where the technicians stood up like a, like a superhero with a flag in the background. And, and then it had a funny thing, like, you know, um, what's more on time than a Baker Brothers plumber? And then it would just show a still picture of Big Bend and it says, and it would make some dongs and it'd be kind of a little chuckle. And then they go, yeah, but those hands can't fix a leak. Yeah. And then it would go back into like, you know, the truck and the insulate. So that, that was a good, because that's what we were trying to do. We were trying to make our guys look like heroes, clean cut, you know, safe in your own. I would let any one of those guys in my house, they were our real technicians, not actors. Yeah. And so that, that's, I think, what you have to do is you have to create your theme. What's your company about? And I think, you know, we talked about on stage about, you know, uh, core values. Yep. And I was like, man, don't have a core value that's not, if you don't care about people, then, I mean, it's not one of your values, yep. then you can't put it up there and then go, yeah, you all care about everybody when I don't. Yep. I mean, it's really something that you, it's whatever it is that's, you know, you're the heart of the company. You know, that it's going to go leadership down the culture and you have a winning culture. You can have all kinds of different cultures, but I think you have to exude that culture through everything you do. You know, my daughter's starting a business and she was like, Hey, here's my logo. And she got a sign and everything's done. Well, she goes, well, Hey, on these tags, you know, her, her colors are blue in the logo. Well, then on the tag, it's like, Hey, I can do black and white or whatever. I go, no, you just do blue. You do that logo over and over and over and you just, it's, it's like, it looks the same every single time right. someone sees it. And I said, so that's kind of what I'd suggest too, for a lot of our companies is, man, just look the same. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of guys will, will print back when we used to print work orders, like nobody does that anymore, but we used, they would print black. They just print two color work orders. Right. And they have a three color logo. And I go, why you're, you're changing your logo. Yeah. Coca-Cola never changed. Apple never, that Apple with the bottle has been there forever. I go, so it's just, don't change it. Like make it look the same. Keep the common theme going, you know, make sure. And, and then when you have like creative, 
everybody starts getting on a whiteboard and thinking these funny things, or just even whatever. Right. Look different. Right. Don't look like everyone else. Let me interject real quick. Yeah. Because I've worked with enough agencies. I worked at an agency before I came here. There's guys, they'll get down a rabbit hole of creative and fun. Yeah. How much do you pull and go, okay, hey, remember, this is what we need to exude timeliness, you know? Yeah. Is there a lot of give and take when you're index creative or are you, you we guys pick. got it down where they, they know what you want now? Yeah, we we pick, you know, and, and I'll be honest, the last couple of times we were like, hey, y'all, y'all really aren't providing us with enough scripts. Like if we were going to do six spots, yeah, they should give us 12 scripts. Yeah. And then we go, well, I don't like what that script says. Hey, change this. So you should be actively involved. And if your agency doesn't like it, there's another one right down the street. Yeah. You know, they're they're supposed to. Now, the other part, too, to be fair, before they start their creative process, because anybody who's creative, when they create something, they take offense if you go, yeah, your baby's ugly. That kind of sucks. Yeah, like that. <laughs> they do. Yeah. And yep. it's yep. hard to do. So, but sure. to be fair. If you're very clear about the direction on the front end of it, right, and and clarity means not giving them like a freaking paragraph of stuff to say, hey, we're trying to do this. Yeah. But if you were to go, we really want to focus on two things in these spots, like timeliness and how good our techs are, and yeah. that's all we want to. Then you've given them the the road. Then you ask them, so what? Instead, that script's not as bad. What's that have to do with timeliness? Right. Right. Like what what does that have to do with value? So so then then now you're asked a question that you gave them clarity. Yeah. And now you're challenging is cl- please clear this up for me. Right. You know, and then and I think that and understand that you you know they're not that great. Yeah. At their I mean they're good at their job and stuff. That's why you're hiring them, but they're not so good that they can't be like tweaked a little bit. No, they're not in our industry. That's the thing. That's always feel with agencies. They they're coming to the outside. You got to kind of guide them a little. Bit. I mean, even us, like we get so egocentric in what we do, yeah, that we forget that customers don't sit around all day thinking about plumbing, AC, and electric. <laughs> right. And they're the same way. They forget right. that the people watching what they're doing yeah. are the important people that we're trying to influence. Right. So I think that's the same thing as, you know, we, we do that all the time. We think people are just sitting around. I go, yeah, your customers aren't sitting around thinking, when's my next plumbing problem? I would really <laughs> like to call Jimmy. That's right. It's like, that's not, you know, that's not what's going on. Support for this podcast comes from CleanFX. CleanFX is Train's premier solution to deliver cleaner air to the entire house by removing up to 99.98% of airborne particles that pass through the reusable filter encoding 99.9% of the influenza A H1N1 virus. Restricted airflow through a clogged filter forces your system to work harder, reducing its lifespan. Train Clean Effects uses a powerful patented IFD Corona field to charge incoming air, causing particles to adhere to the Clean Effects collection cells as air passes through. Since your furnace or air handler isn't struggling to work against a clogged filter, clean air flows freely. The Train Clean Effects collection element is groundbreaking. Each layer is only 0.08 inches apart with alternating charges, which makes for a stronger, more effective collection field. What's more, the Train Clean Effects element has eight times the collection surface, over 50 square feet of a standard electronic air cleaner, so it is vastly more efficient at providing clean air throughout your home. For more information, visit the Certain Path member hub or contact Trains to Vo Ward at strategic accounts at traintechnologies.com or 469-346-1776.
And for more information on TRAIN, visit TRAIN.com. Support for this podcast comes from PulseAm and Customer Lobby. Successful certain path members like you know the value of thinking like a customer. We've got the tools to help you do just that. Enter PulseM Plus. Combining the power of PulseM and Customer Lobby to enhance your customer's journey by creating value at every touch point. We've helped hundreds of certain path members like you win and retain more business. PulseM Plus utilizes PulseM's industry-leading reputation management capabilities to help you build out the early stages in your customer's journey and maximize your online reputation through Google reviews. Then PulseM Plus keeps your customers coming back by incorporating Customer Lobby's powerful retention platform using postcards, emails, and text messages to send the right message at the right time to encourage repeat business. And as a certain path member, we'll waive your setup fees. For more information, please visit get.pulseM.me slash PM dash plus dash certain path. On the uh, the flip side, you, you referenced we are really good at operations or even better, right? So what did that look like? How did you communicate to your leaders, hey, you know, things aren't what they were last year. We need to get really, I mean, you mentioned the email, but like, what else did you guys do? How else did you get them to start thinking differently, you know, and, and lead from in that direction? What did you guys do? Well, a, a big part of it is I'm, I kind of almost have a coaching approach to that. Like, you know, and I, sorry for all the girls, I know you're, they're not great on sports analogies or whatever, but and we are kind of a guy strong in industry, but I will, I will tell everybody in the office, like, like, I think it's important to communicate and communicate clearly. I think it's going, Hey, you know, we get, it's like call a timeout and have a huddle. Well, we don't do our all team meeting except in January and, and, you know, maybe one in April. You're like, no, you go ahead and do one because as soon as you, I'm, I'm big about hitting the panic button early. Hey, look, I see a rough on the horizon and it's your job strategically as the, as the leader and the owner or the operator to go, you should be looking from way up here down. Yeah. You shouldn't just see the tree. You see the whole forest and you should be like, Hey, this is getting rough. This game it's getting tough. Let's call a timeout. Let's get everybody in the room and let's tell them the expectation. Yeah. So I, I got everybody together. I said, look guys, it's, you know, we got to work harder for the same amount of money. Let's just get that in our head. Right. And we're all trying to win. We're behind and we can't get to where we're trying to go without every single one of us doing the very best job that we can. Yeah. So I want to tell you something. Don't be the person that we put on the bench because you're not playing hard. Right. I go, there's no excuse. There's no excuse for effort. If I'm telling you and I'm telling you, we need your effort. Yeah. If you're not willing to give it. Yeah then get out of the way. It's kind of like in that Tombstone movie where the, the dude comes up and he goes, either get the fighting or get the out of the way, you know? <laughs> and, and it's like, I know it's that deal. Out. And yeah. it's exactly what we're doing. We're saying, hey, time out, guys. We all hold up and be like, hey, if we were behind a basketball game, we'd be like, Bob, time out. Okay, dude, we got to play some defense. We have no chance if we don't hustle and start really getting serious about this. Yeah. And so I think it's important for us to communicate those times. You can't do it every freaking week or every month. Yeah. But they know it's special when you only do it ever so often. You bring everybody together. The whole team. The whole team. Okay. The whole entire team. And you say, hey, here's where we're at. This is not going away. We can cry about it. 
We and so I always say, if you're backed in a corner, there's two things you do. It's just human nature. You either start swinging and fighting, or you get down the fetal position and protect yourself. Right. And I say, guys, I want fighters. I want to get out there and fight. I want people that are moving. Just don't be moved. Just don't be sitting around. Don't. I want y'all to talk. I want y'all to still have a good time at work. I still want y'all to. I joke around. I see people and they're they're you know at each other's cube and they're laughing. And I go, hey, no laughing at work, damn it! And they all laugh. Cause that's <laughs> funny because I'm not that serious. But it's okay to have fun at work. It's okay, but it's it's also I need effort and I need you to try hard. Yeah. And if you're not, you know, I have guys they leave like at three thirty, four o'clock. But you know what? They get their job done. Right really effectively so i'm like as long as you do that i'm fine with work flexibility right but you got to get your stuff done and do it well and i think that's what you do you bring everybody together you you huddle them up you go let's go hey you give them a little speech but you tell them expectation yeah and then when somebody's like you know jacking around or has not been a good player in the first place they're gonna not be one they're gonna be really evident when everyone's hustling around and moving around and they're sitting still yeah and then you go bye get out you're you're off the team yeah and and you know everyone because it really makes everybody mad when they're really trying hard right and someone isn't exactly and 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 you stick out like a sore thumb they will come to you and go man what are you gonna do about john mm-hmm. i mean john john's not john's not pulling his weight mm-hmm. and, and i really do like that about our team yeah they they do have this sense of urgency and a sense of accomplishment execution and and i think that's what makes us great is that when we put out a a thing, like if it's to be better customer service, if it's to improve anything in what we're doing, the guys go, let's do it and let's do it now. Yeah. So mindset's a big thing. That was, but yep. operationally, there's things you had to have done with less calls and you still are growing. Yeah. You're still, I mean, you're still doing really well. It's not like you're, you're shrinking. Are there any certain things you can think of operationally that you're like, we need to do differently. We need to expand a service area a certain way, or we need to expand the service hours or any little tidbits people could benefit. Well, I mean, we're looking for other other avenues. Yeah. You know, we're kind of just like, hey, here's the only way we kind of go to work and make money. And we look for other avenues. Like, hey, is there something we're not doing? I mean, you know, water treatment's been kind of a discussion. You know, this other thing's a discussion. You know, there's all these discussions right. of other things that we could do. And, you know, when you're doing really well and everything, and you're like, hey, I've got rich people problems. i got too many calls, right? Sure. And then- you know, and even now, I mean, the the great operators are still operating well. Yes. All the guys in our group, 28, they're, they're doing really, they're doing well. Yeah. They're just not doing what they expected because last year they did so good. Now the expectation was higher and they didn't quite get what they expected. But what I do like about, you know, the group and everybody we've been, I've been talking to, it's like, hey, we're, we're soft. We're not the way we were. Yeah. But man, we're we're making adjustments and we're doing okay and we're finding out stuff. And the other part, I mean, it is this is when the team members that aren't pulling their weight show up, right? And then that kind of you kind of cold the the herd. I mean, you go, okay, you guys get out, y'all aren't producing, right? And now you look like a big sore thumb. Where before I couldn't even tell you were there, right? And now you're sticking out because we're looking for every efficiency and every way to do it. Now to be fair. Uh, I will say this, you need to talk to those people right? and sit down with them and go, I see you yeah, and you're not doing good, you know, and what can we do to help you get better? Right. You know, what, what can Baker Brothers, what can I do right. to help you? Right. 
And then when you offer it that way, it's, I mean, it's one thing to go, Hey, you suck and you need to do better. I mean, that, that does work sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> but you know, but the times that you go, Hey, what can I do to help you out? Yeah. And then you get genuine feedback and then y'all go and leave and let's have a plan and you leave and they don't execute that plan. Mm-hmm. They're not trying. Right. right. And it's time to part ways. So. We, we've had some, you know, turnover that way, but not a ton. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. Yeah. We've had some turnover that way. We were said, hey, man, we just got to do something about this. We can't, you know, keep Joe's brother-in-law here, you know, just sucking the life out of the rest of us. Right, right. On, on the flip side, I'm sure there's been some opportunities to maybe find some good people, right? I mean, because when things tighten up and smaller companies can't keep as many techs or plumbers or hours get cut back, they go, hey, you know what? I'm going to go. Check out Baker Brothers. I, I, you know, Bob, that's exactly what we do. We like to pick on the small guy. <laughs> let's go grab his good people. Grab it. Let's just you. let's just beat him up and take his lunch money. And go, come on over here, guys. No, but what what you're saying is true. Yeah. It, it is 100 percent true that these guys <laughs> do show up at your doorstep. I mean, we our marketing director right now. I mean, I can't believe we've got him. We put out for a marketing director. And we got the guy, like he used to work for the Dallas Mavericks, report directly to Mark Cuban. Well, you know, I mean, he's a high, high level guy that we are just really proud to have. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you do have those opportunities to grab some people up that are that are really good. And, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of techs out there. I mean, like I will say this, like with, you know, Gus and I in the same market being the larger companies, if either one of us gets slow, Man, usually the the third tier down is like desolate. Like it's 15, 15 hours, twenty hours a week. Right. That's normally what happens. Like yeah. you get those guys to come over and and we and grab those guys up. So you know there there's a lot of that activity going on. But I mean the the thing is though too is you slow hiring. You know when you go well, hey let's maybe not hire some so many office personnel. Yeah. You kind of like pass on people too. Sure. But I always, but this is one of the mistakes I think that that my guys are making. I go, you know, you talk to everybody. So he talked to him. No, you talk to him. You interview yeah. him and you talk to him because if someone is like a superstar, yeah, you grab them. We'll figure out the rest later. But if someone is a stud, yeah, you you bring that person on, right? So that that is that is the truth. I mean, I go, hey, and it is a mistake mm-hmm. to go. Well, we're not really hiring. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that's you always look. Yeah, absolutely. All right, just a little shift here. Uh, I don't know, like six, eight months ago in a certain path, all of a sudden it's like, we are looking at all things AI. Like, how can we be more efficient? There's all sorts of tools. We were having meetings. Like, is there anything we can utilize? How about, <clears throat> excuse me, how about in, in, in your industry and home services is, have you guys utilized AI yet? I know your son's in, in into that very much so. Yeah, I'm ba- I'm basically just put him at the bit. You know, he came out computer science, really good school, really smart kid. Yeah. And basically just said, you know, I'm not just saying that because he's my kid. <laughs> I mean, he really is. And so I'm like, well, you know, hey, he, he did this project with AI where he actually recreated our business coach. So he he took a single individual and put the bot on their data set. And basically it learned how to answer the way that guy answers, which yeah. is really incredible. I mean, it it's creepy good. Well... You know, we all, what happens, I think, too, is I'm trying to get him to like, hey, let's let's look into how we can do that in our business and, right. and so do some things. You know, I taught you about Puan. Puan's coming out with something. It's going to come out. I think it's going to, everybody's going to be freaking out. They're going to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. Yeah. It's going to come out probably around January or something like that, and it's going to be amazing. Um, but 
what what the deal is is it, it's it's it gets to be where it it hurts our head, right? Because we don't know about it. I mean, my son's been using it for three years now or something. We don't even know anything about it. So we come across Chat GPT and start just jacking around. <laughs> we don't even know that you. It's a conversation. Like we just go, "Hey, I can put in this whole paragraph, and it writes up this thing in two yep. seconds." You know, yeah. "Hey, I want a twenty-page paper on the evolution of plumbing over the last hundred years." It'll throw a pay, a, a freaking paper at you, and you'll go, "Oh, not twenty pages. How about ten? Yeah, it's how about one paragraph? It'll it'll shrink it down." But see, that's the funny part is we don't even know the chat part. We just go, "Wow, a twenty-page paper." We stop. Yeah, yeah. We don't we don't understand the. Full, fully how to utilize it. And and what's funny is we can't get out of our brain that's a database. So my son was actually talking to, you know, somebody about doing some work for him. And he, and he goes, and the guy kept talking about, well, what database or what date? It's like, you're using a data set yeah. for it to learn and to keep learning. learning away. And, that, and that's what's kind of hard for us to believe and how fast it's going to happen. This is like the smartest person you know, times a thousand learning at a rate 24 7 constantly yeah so it's really hard for us to understand that the actual learning aspect we kind of go oh it's just out searching for data all across the internet and bringing it together it's like no it's actually learning how to do everything and you could ask it the most ridiculous stuff but i'll tell you a, a really simple way and i talked to uh, james and he and he was telling me the same thing he, he goes basically yeah we use it i use it for scripts for radio i want a radio spot with this kind of a dynamic and, and this kind of thing. And there's a radio script yeah. for 30 seconds. I want, you know, a TV spot. Hey, I want like something, you know, you know how you, you do a website. Yeah. So AI can write a website in 30 seconds. Yeah. They can get the bones of your website together. Then on top of that, you can go in there and go, I want this to be about plumbing. Hey, can you show me what a person, a customer, end user, homeowner would want to know about a plumbing company? Yeah. And then it'll go, here's the things they want to know then fill it, then, hey, here's that stuff right. about my plumbing company. Write me a paragraph on that, and you can fill your whole thing in in just seconds. Yeah. A job description, for instance, marketing director. We didn't have one, so we had to have a job description for it and something to go advertise for it, right? So Bub and I probably would have taken, I'd say, about a week and a half. Yeah. And our part-time to write, of all the other things we do, and our part-time to write down what things we think we need from marketing director. Yeah. Then we'd have got together a week later. Hopefully we'd have had it done. I'd probably say a week and a half and we'd actually had it done. And then we'd have got it together and then we'd had to correlate the ideas and then write it up. Right. And that would have probably taken another two days for an assistant or whatever to do that. Yeah. 30 seconds. Right. 30 seconds. Yeah. And the most complex, and, and it sounds like a Harvard graduate wrote it. I mean, it is really incredible. Yeah. But I think we're just on the the point of just probably the last six months that we, as the average business owner and CEO or whatever, know about it, mm -hmm. and now we don't know how to use it. And I don't know that we know how to really, you know, really effectively use it. And I think we every time I start having this conversation with a guy like me, they get down the rabbit hole, and it's just like this blown out, oh, my God, I can't even. You're like going, dude, I know. I mean, you, you, it's infinite. It's a lot. Possibility. So I would suggest this for everybody. I think what you have to do is just go, okay, it's out there and you have to kind of just go, let's get focused on this like job description. Yeah. Let's get focused on this and then figure out a way that you can get that and use your, because it does save a ton of time. Yeah. But I'm hoping that at a point, 
you know, you're, we're talking, there's, there's all these uses in our industry. It won't replace a plumber. It won't no. replace a technician. That's the good thing for those guys. Right. Right. But I think we're going to definitely in office be able to be a lot more efficient. Support for this podcast comes from redesign.co. Are you finding it hard to make your mark in the competitive digital world? Look no further than redesign.co. Our expert services will ensure your business achieves maximum visibility through programmatic display, device ID geofencing, email marketing, and a strong online presence. Don't let potential customers slip away and allow your brand to blend in with the rest. Get in touch with redesign.co and let our exceptional digital marketing team help you stay ahead of the competition. And Moen. As the number one faucet brand in North America, Moen offers a diverse selection of thoughtfully designed kitchen, bath, and smart water security products, each delivering the best possible combination of meaningful innovation, useful features, and lasting value. Moen strives to be the most durable, reliable, and easy-to-install brand of faucets. Moen leads on pros to help continue to drive consumer innovation and influence Moen's engagement with consumers in a meaningful way. For more information, visit plumber.moen.com. Uh, well, okay, another shift of topics. I, I'm, I'm really always impressed. All the guys I've, I've talked to know here, they're, they're well, we're going to add HVAC. We're going to add electrical. We, we were talking about one that we know just acquired a, a good-sized company. He's getting into electrical. Given the headwinds and the interesting economical situation that we're in, is there any advice you'd have for those people on how to do it well so they don't fall flat or have to stumble through that process? One of the things, and it's just like that one you're talking about, older guy seeing the economy get rough and going dude right now like before it was like hey give me a billion dollars for my company and that's what most times when you go to talk to somebody who's a smaller company going hey i want to be acquired i want a million dollars like dude you're not even close to where you got three trucks yeah you're just not worth it because you don't have any systems and processes right and your customer list is a little tiny and i go you just don't have you know what you need yeah and so the deal is now though they're like okay, I'm 65, 67. I don't see like a really bright future in my economy. I think you could, I think you could get the price right. Right. I think you get a lot better price for that. So I would, I would not, um, you know, something else too. Interest rates are high. Let's just say, you know, it's 7%, you know, for instance, just say that's the number that you would have to, if you want to go out and buy it and you want to acquire it, you had to get a loan and yeah. you got it for 7%. I think what everybody forgets is that you can refinance it if it goes down. Right. Now, what if it becomes 10%? Now you look like you're stealing at seven. Yeah. So I think people don't realize when they go get a note or a mortgage and they're like, oh gosh, it's 7%. It's like, well, if you can afford the payment. Yeah. If it goes down, you can refinance it. Mm -hmm. If it goes up, you look like a genius. Right. So I think, I think, you know, that'll kind of sink it. It's been, you know, high for a while sure and i think that's a big part of what's kind of slowed things down yeah um you've got new construction slowing down you've got new homes that's 40 percent in dallas and we're one of the places people were really flocking to right so you got you know there's there's a definite repair and then you got the the tech world i mean they're laying off they laid off another i can't remember if it was amazon somebody laid off a huge number of people but amazon has google has you know twitter you know all of them are just sitting there throwing people aside so my son's like basically yeah i don't I had people begging for me to go get out of school and go to work for them. And now it's just like a ghost town. Yeah. You need to have like five years experience to be considered. 
So I think I think the that part of it is is creating this. At first, it was like, hey, there's a recession going on for people in mortgages and finance and banking and and like you know construction and home building, and then now the tech guys. Yeah, that's a good size of our economy mm-hmm. that is experiencing layoffs, recession at massive rates, yeah. and, and repression of 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 salary because now they're all available. What I used to pay a hundred grand for, maybe I'm paying seventy five, and you just do it because you need a job, right? So I th- I think that's kind of some of the stuff we're seeing in the economy, and we don't realize it because maybe in our wor- world it's not direct impact to us, yeah. But it's gonna keep. We felt it this year, and if that keeps on, we'll keep feeling it. And so I think you know we just have to be prepared, not to be scared or fearful of it. Sure. We and not to be oh my gosh I'm so scared, and that's what I, what I love about this expo is this. I don't see fear in anybody's eyes. Yeah. I, I, I feel like everyone feels like they're under control. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the key is, is like, hey, we know the situation. We've been in it before. We're going to make it through and we're going to do well. And and I think we all should be cautious, optimistically cautious. And uh, and I think, you know, everybody goes, it'll turn, it'll do all these things. But I really, I really do think that I'm really impressed with our group. Mm-hmm. Because there's an overall upbeat of the people here. Yeah. And they spent money to get here. Yeah, there's good energy. Yeah. yeah. And so I, th- I think we're all, I, and I think it's because it's the evolution of, of the group. Mm-hmm. I think if this was 10, 15 years ago, everybody would be running around like, oh my God, you know, because I don't think that, I think there's more, there are more companies right now in our group that actually do the things that they're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. That are that feel like they have planned and the plan is working and I've got a budget and I've got control over my what's going on. I feel good about my advertising, my marketing. You know, I feel good about you know what I'm doing and feel in control. And that's what I think makes that fear right is that you're like, oh my God, what's going to happen to me? I don't know. When you yeah, when you're not in control and you have no direction. Yeah, and I think that's what I'm really proud about this group over all these years is that so many people are doing what they're supposed to. You know, I mean, it's just little stuff like you guys changing EA and stuff. Like, I mean, making it better. Making it like, yeah, you're drinking for a fire hose still, but y'all made it more days, and you also made it where, hey, you leave with a plan of action. Right. And and let's and then you then you hold accountable to the to the results. Like, hey, are you executing? Yep. And I'm telling you, no one can beat us if we execute. Right. I think I said that on stage. Hey, the world's full of good intentions. I told everybody, I was going to write all y'all handwritten thank you cards. Man, you know what? I just never got around to it. I don't know how many times I heard my wife go, you know, I always had these good intentions, but I just seem to not ever, you know, follow through with them. Yeah. And if as long as we never get into that, as long as we go, hey, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. Let's execute the plan. As long as we copy each other and, and use each other in our, our knowledge base to get better, skip steps. Yeah. Man, we we've we've got it licked better than any of the other organizations out there. They're up there raw raw in and like you know. I mean, I think there's a lot of that going on these days. Yeah, functional. We don't we don't have a big social media thing going. Hey, you know, we're the best guys in the industry. I mean, we actually have people that are like, what's great about some leaders? They're humble. You know, they they care about the other people and they and they really want you to do better. And they will tell you, hey, here's exactly what you guys need to do to get better. Yeah, that's- not not a generality do better marketing okay great <laughs> right hey 
Try harder. Okay. Awesome. Thanks. That that didn't give me a lot of direction. <laughs> That's good stuff. All right. A couple quick hitters to wrap up. Um, lot, you know, again, just because I got to, to chat with so many members and excited to see what their, their goals are. And there's guys that want, they're at the 20 and they're like, I want to get to 40 in five years. You know, what two or three things would you say if you put yourself back in those shoes would propel them to get to that, that next level, that double? One of them is communicate to your team. Get them involved in the plan. Mm-hmm. Stop telling them what to do every meeting. And then the next meeting, go, did you do that? Did you do that? Did you do that? Let them understand why you're doing those strategic things and why they're doing what they're doing. Let them use their brain. You will never be able to get to a larger size just using you by yourself. Right. You know, being the, you know, I'm the genius of the group. Y'all are stupid. That's that's a bad thing. And if your people are stupid, get new people. You need smart people. <laughs> you know, but but I would say that communicate. Make sure that you make sure that you have a meeting, a, a very constant rhythm of meetings. Like we we said that I think the other day is like, hey, if you have a problem, meet about it. Yeah. If you get four people in the room, three people in the room, and you meet about that problem, that problem will go away. Yeah. It's really weird. It's just osmosis almost it'll happen yeah the other part is execute have a plan and execute the plan and if you don't execute the plan be a jerk about it hmm. don't you don't have to you know i can ask you hey bob did you get that stuff done that you know we, you know we're all trying to get our this plan done right and your responsibilities were x yeah what happened instead of going well god bob don't you didn't get it done and get it and be a jerk about it ask the why question why did you not get it done what what's going on hey, let the group help Right. Because a lot of times we come into a, a barrier and, and it may be a vendor. It may be, you know, somebody that something outside of their control. Yeah, that's a good point. And then you got to show the guys how to get around those barriers. And the group will kind of go, oh, well, Bob, man, did you try this? No, I haven't tried that yet. Well, hey, let's try that next week. Let's see what happens next week and then meet next week. Because we have a constant rhythm of meeting, a constant communication. Yeah. We know where we're going. We know what we're all trying to do. Let your team in on the whole play. Yeah. You know, don't just show them a piece of it. I remember when I was playing football and you were lineman too. I remember I just was like, okay, on this play, I got to step left and then push this guy over here. Yeah. I didn't know what was going on. I was like, when I was first, you know, freshman, sophomore, I didn't know what was going on back behind there. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, they said my job was to step left and push them over there. Yeah. When I found out as I got to be about a junior, what was going on behind me and what all the numbers meant and stuff besides the holes? Yeah. <laughs> the front number. Yeah. It was a certain person getting the ball. Right. The timing of that play, I understood when I needed to get that guy out of the way. Right. Not only did I need to get him out, but how long I needed to get him out or how short of a time I needed to get him out or where I could push him a different direction and it'd be fine. That that was like kind of a, a, a aha moment. I think, I think it's what we need to do with our employees. Don't just let them be up there going, okay, step left, step left, step left. Right. Get them to where they understand what's going on holistically. Mm-hmm. And don't be scared to give them that information. Yeah. So many people are scared to give their employees, like even their quarterly sales number. I added up on a wall and people are like, you show them that? Yeah. And let me tell you, it's ridiculous when you get to 50 million. You're like, ah, we're trying to do $20 million this quarter. And they're like, <laughs> I mean, I talked to the guys about it. Be clear with them. Hey guys, if I got twenty million dollars a quarter, I wouldn't even be here. I'd be on an island that I own somewhere, freaking <laughs> jacking around. I was like, dude, I don't get that money. That's how much money we have to have to pay all of you guys and y'all have medical and pay our bills. Right. This is our budget. 
we have to have this so that you have job security right. and we don't get even $1 million. Does it come to Jimmy's bank account that quarter? Right. I said, so I think it's clarity, but you know, the execution part, letting everybody in on the plan. Yeah. And then you work it as a team together to, to get that stuff done. Yeah. And what's funny is when you work as a team together, your group, if someone's not up to snuff, they they are very apparent standing over here by themselves. They they you're like, dude, what this guy is not smart enough, not good enough, doesn't have the right behavior. He's not tough enough. He doesn't have enough grit. He doesn't want to get it done. Right. He's getting in our way. And what you got you what you have to do is the team will basically, like I said, call itself and be like, hey Jimmy, I mean we got to do something about Fred over here because I mean, dude, every time we try to get something done, we get right up to it, and then he stops us. Yeah. And so you either got to go talk to Fred and go, Fred, look. If you don't stop doing that, we got to do something about it. Right. And he goes, well, I'm going to be that way. Then go, okay, we'll yeah. go be that way somewhere else. Yep, yep, yep. But I think that that is something, too, that's going to happen in this time. We're going to get tougher. We're going to get less patient. We're going to start demanding that our team be a certain way. Sure. And and we are going to go, well, if you can't if you can't keep up, then if you can't keep up with us, then you got to go. Right. Okay, so I've had a lot of conversations with the 20, the, the tr- also, the beautiful part of this organization is we welcome smaller guys and help them. I mean, I can't tell you how many stories, little to big. I mean, I met you and your three and a half million dollars, I think. Uh, what do you tell the guy who's in all the fires, right? And he's he's making money, but he's, you know, it's it's hectic. If you had to go back to that, what would you do to start propelling yourself to get out of that? Well, I I see guys even all the time. And even people that work for some of the big companies, and man, they're just on their phone, on their phone, on their phone. And my question is, why are you on the phone so much? Mm. And typically, it's because they're everyone's using your brain, right? They're just coming to you for the answer, and you're like, they know the answer, and you're like, why does that person not know the answer to that question? That's a really simple question. Yeah. And so you start asking yourself, why this person's calling me? You always phone calls. I got to get out of. I can barely go to expo because I got to get out and talk to somebody, right? All the time. You've got to figure out how to get them to use their brain. I'll give you an example. When one of my guys was, was a manager and he had, you know, 10 guys. I mean, he's on the phone the whole time, you know, and I'm listening. I'm like, Jason, man, why, why are you on the phone all the time? And he goes, well, you know, there was one pricing and da, da, da. I go, they've got a book. This is back when we had paper book, way back in the day. Sure, paper books. (laughs) So he's, I said, stop giving him the answer. I know you know the answer. They're not, they're usually right. You want to stop, watch this. When they call next time, say, do you have your book with you? Yes. (laughs) See the tab that says drain cleaning? Open that tab. Oh, see the table of contents? See where it says kitchen drains? Page six? Go to page six. Now, did you find the kitchen drain clean line for 20 foot? Yeah. Oh, it's down. Th- yeah, that one. Okay, put the task code down. Never give them the answer. Make them. So one, if they don't know how to use the book, you just taught them. Right. But two, what happened is immediately within two days, his phone calls went down to a third, mm. and they only called him on big jobs and problem jobs and jobs that weren't in the book. Right. But he had like at least five of his guys, three calls a day, five guys were all calling him for every price. That's a ton of phone calls, much less than ones you get because there's a customer issue. There's actually a big proposal. So I want to say to the smaller guy, think about that. Are your guys relying on you for stuff that there's no reason that they can't figure it out on their own? And 
empower them to do it indirectly. What we did is I empowered you to look up your own price indirectly on that in that scenario. Yeah. So empower them to do it. Figure out how to do that. One of the other things too is stop dealing with the same problems. Mm. Um, a lot of times, I don't know, there's a stuff in Texas called, I don't, I don't know if it's everywhere, but it's called nutgrass. And basically it's a weed. That's a, it looks like two blades of grass. Oh, and it sticks yeah. up about that. It sticks up about six inches higher than the rest. Yep. Right. <laughs> so you have this perfect jar, and then here comes this nutgrass. There's like 10 of them, right? Yep. You go in there, and if you just, and, and if you just pull them, it pops off right at the root. And, and what happens is the next week, you have 50 things of nutgrass. The next week, you have 200. Yeah. But if you pull it up by the root, that it goes away. Yeah. So think about that in the root cause of issues. Get to what is actually causing this problem. And this is one of the key things I think for all of us. A customer calls in and complains. What we do is we kind of pull that weed up by just not by the root. What we do is we fix the customer. They complain about, okay, whatever happened. We get it fixed and we get them where they're okay, right? Yeah. But but say that it was a training issue with the technician is why they were, that's the root cause of why they were calling it because the tech said or did the wrong thing. We don't correct the tech or train the tech or coach the tech. We just handle the customer. Right. And then we go, okay, next problem. Right. And what happens is that's where you get that nut grass where it's just all over your whole yard and, and you can't find your butt with both hands and yeah. you're on the phone the whole time. You're running your battery out. You have to get a big... So you see the guy with the big battery pack downstairs, like he has the extra battery? Yeah. I never use the extra battery. I have way bigger, larger business and don't use the extra battery. And what I'm saying is you just, you got, but you, but you do have to find ways to make more time. And you're usually your own enemy about that. You're usually not doing stuff the way you need to do it to get it done and not empower your employees to let them be, let them make decisions. And if you're that guy that's going, my employees are too stupid. Guess who hired him? You did. <laughs> uh, good stuff. All right, Jimmy. Thank you so much for your time. I think that's a good way to wrap it up. I appreciate it. All right. No problem. Thanks, Bob. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. If so, please like and subscribe on YouTube. If you're on your favorite podcast player, please leave us a five-star review. The two seconds you take to leave a review will help other success-minded contractors like you find us and hopefully get a little bit better, which elevates our entire industry. And please join me for future episodes. This has been The Successful Contractor, powered by CertainPath. Support for this podcast comes from Dynamic Air Quality Solutions. Since 1982, Dynamic has been the leader in designing, manufacturing, and distributing IAQ products to the commercial and residential markets through authorized HVAC contractors. CertainPath members receive the exclusive value of the Clean Air Defense System private label to drive your brand in the market you serve. Our commitment starts with support. We provide you with world-class industry-leading technical and communication training, face-to-face -face and online. Become a Clean Air Defense System indoor air quality partner and dominate your market. Visit worldclassiaq.com for more information. The Successful Contractor Podcast is part of the Certain Path family. Certain Path builds successful home service businesses and has for 23 years. We do it by providing contractors with a proven path to success, professional coaching, software solutions, and a member community of over 1,000 contractors just like you. Doubling your sales with a 20% net profit and an inspiring company culture is all possible. 
let us show you the way. With CertainPath, success is made certain. Visit www.mycertainpath.com for more information.